Welcome to episode 108 of the first 40 miles. If you're new to backpacking, or if you're hopelessly in love with someone who wants you to love backpacking, then this podcast is for you. We'll talk about the essentials, how to lighten your load, and how to make the most of your time on the trail. I'm your host, Heather Legler. And I'm Josh Legler. And this is The First 40 Miles. Today on The First 40 Miles, sketch art on the trail. If you're inspired by Purple Mountain's majesty, we'll give you a few reasons why you should take the time to sketch what you see. Plus, on today's top five list, we've put together a packing list for a two-ounce art kit. On the Summit Gear Review, we'll show you an ultralight way to liven up your plain air sketches with vibrant watercolors. Then on the backpack hack of the week, an entire watercolor palette that weighs less than the toothpaste you put on your toothbrush this morning. All this, and that's about it. Today on the first 40 miles. Well, the whole idea for this episode started when I checked out a book from the library a few months ago called Art Before Breakfast by Danny Gregory. And the little tagline underneath it was something like a zillion ways to be creative before breakfast or something. And that was actually what intrigued me about the book. I was like, oh, a zillion ways to be creative. <laughs> this book doesn't overpromise. I'll take the bait. Sure. And so as I kind of flipped through it, I was like, oh, this is how to be creative artistically like this is how to actually paint and draw and I don't paint I don't draw and so I just left it on Josh's nightstand yeah and then I picked it up and started thumbing through it and I thought oh wow this is amazing he's not talking to artists he's talking to non-artists about how to do art and you know it, it simple stuff and really just just getting that message across to me as someone you know I don't identify myself as an artist or an an illustrator a painter a drawer is that a word no drawer is like a thing yeah, on a desk <laughs> <laughs> and I don't identify with any of those words myself but as I read through the book or I should say looked through the book it's all hand lettered and it has uh, just these cute little sketches it inspired me because he really showed to me through what he drew on the pages of that book that I could try art and I didn't have to be a professional in order to enjoy it as a hobby. And of course, as Josh started getting excited about it, I was like, hmm, what's going on? What's so cool? It's not yeah, the what first, did I miss? <laughs> it's not the first time it's happened where Josh is into something really fun, really cool. And I'm like, hmm, that looks interesting and fun. Maybe I'll try that. So Josh started doing sketching, and then I quickly joined him, and we kind of became artists with a lowercase a. We noticed as we looked through the book that if you singled out any one of his uh, sample sketches, if you really single out that sketch, you look at it and you say, you know, there's really not much to that. Yeah, it's very um, rough. And he paints outside the lines and things don't, there are a lot of, a lot of the pictures are really wobbly. And yet, if, if you look at the book as a whole, it just looks amazing. Oh, yeah. 
And and so I think he did a really good job of demonstrating through the book itself, through the the drawings that he put in there, that you can sketch this kind of wonky stuff that's, you know, you're like, oh, man, that, I don't know, it didn't come out very straight or maybe the colors were a little off or whatever. And then when you put it together with other stuff, and in his case, you bind it in a book and you put it on a shelf in a library, (laughs) all of a sudden it looks really cool. And one of the big messages that he wants readers to take away from this book is that simply capturing what's in front of you gives you this really incredible superpower, this power over time, and it slows time down. Not only does it slow down time, but it makes you truly see what's in front of you. It really gives you a depth to your life when you can really take the time to notice the intricate details of an object or a scene in front of you and not take anything for granted. And now I think you're starting to get at why we're talking about this on a backpacking podcast. We go outside and backpacking also gives us an opportunity to slow down and change our experience and really notice the things around us. There's this real power when you put backpacking and sketching together because both of them are causing time to kind of slow down and causing you to really notice the details. Oh, and it's even more powerful than photography. With photography, you see this beautiful scene, you snap a shot, you walk away, and you may not even notice just the intricate amount of detail in that scene that you just snapped a shot of. Shortly after we got our sketchbooks, I accompanied our youngest son to a Cub Scout day camp. And, you know, you've got these times where they're doing some kind of a project and you're just sitting there as the adult leader kind of uh, hanging out. And so I pulled open my sketchbook and I started sketching this wooden bench that was just a few feet away from me. It was the kind of bench where it's a split log. You know, they took this huge log, split it in half, and one half is the seat of the bench, and the other half is the back of the bench. I started sketching it, kind of got the general outline, and, you know, yeah, this looks nice. I can see where the limbs were that came out of the trunk of the tree, and started kind of sketching a little bit of the grain around those limbs, and then started sketching some other grain patterns that I found. And over time, I realized that this bench many years ago had been carved. I did not notice that at all when I first started sketching it. But as I kept sketching, I noticed someone had carved a bear into this bench. Someone had carved an arrow into the bench. There were these symbols carved into the bench that I bet probably 95% of the people who went to that day camp that day, who sat on the bench or near the bench, never noticed. I certainly would not have noticed them unless I stopped and started sketching. So even if you don't consider yourself to be an artist at all, we really would like to encourage you to try it out. Danny Gregory's book, Art Before Breakfast, has some really great guidelines for getting started that won't overwhelm you. And that was kind of the big thing. You know, when I first started drawing with Josh, I looked at this book and just realized There were about three concepts that you need to know to get started, and then you can kind of keep practicing from there and either develop your skills, develop your ability to see things better, or just do it for the pure joy of doing it and just noticing everything around you. I think that's the real key to being an artist is 
not taking anything for granted, and noticing everything. So I think we have two purposes in our episode today. Number one is to inspire you to just try art on the trail. And number two is to give you a list of things that will make an ultralight art kit. Because, hey, we're backpackers. It's got to be ultralight, right? (laughs) That's right. Yeah, you can't bring a huge sketchbook or, you know, a pack full of oil paints. That's not how we roll. So for today's top five list, we have the top five tools for artists on the trail. Now, this whole setup can weigh less than two ounces, and we'll share exactly how we get to that number in today's Backpack Hack of the Week. The very first tool that you will need as an artist on the trail is paper. Now, I prefer to use something called mixed media paper, or I get it in a sketchbook, so it's a mixed media sketchbook. I use the Canson XL mixed media spiral bound notebook has a little bit heavier paper, but I like to do watercolors. And so I opted for the little bit heavier paper instead of bringing watercolor paper, which is very heavy and very expensive. So all you'll need to do with this paper is to cut it down to the size that you want, preferably the size that will fit inside of a Ziploc bag. You can pull out just a few sheets so that you've got a really lightweight Um, kit just for that week or that weekend or that overnighter. The number two tool that you'll need to be an artist on the trail is a pencil or a pen. This is something that hopefully you already have in your 10 essentials. Pencils are great because they can be sharpened with a pocket knife. They don't freeze. Even if they break, they're still usable. So pencils are an excellent option if you just want to do some sketching on the trail. If you're more of a pen person, and you are gonna be using watercolors also, just make sure that your pen is water fast or permanent. I like using the Sakura Micron pens. Those work really well with watercolor, but really any pen that you bring will be fine as long as it doesn't freeze or run out of ink. The third tool for artists on the trail is a water brush. This is something that I discovered fairly recently. A water brush is a paint brush that has a well of water inside of it. Usually when you use watercolors, you have a brush and then you have a cup of water that you clean off the brush with when you're done with that color. But the water brush, because it has water inside of it, is kind of almost like a self-cleaning brush. So you dip the water brush in your paint and then as you paint on the paper, the color is lifted off of the brush and to clean the brush, you just kind of wipe it off on a piece of tissue or on a cotton bandana and then you can go for your next color. These things are really cool because you don't have to pull out your paintbrush and then some thing of water, right? I mean, you would have to get out your water bottle and then you'd have to find some little cup to pour a little bit of water into. And then you would be dipping your brush in that water and in the paints. And so the water gets all black or gray or something. And then you, you got to toss the water and then you got to clean the cup, perhaps, especially if it's your Sierra cup that you're going to eat dinner out of. <laughs> And so the water brush just completely solves all of that because the water is just in a reservoir built into the brush itself that just comes out and just kind of pushes the paint right off the brush as as you're painting. And it's like completely mess-free. It's great. Oh, yeah. It simplifies the entire process. It's made watercolor painting so much fun. The number four tool for artists on the trail is watercolors. 
There are a couple really good lightweight options for people who want to do watercolors or add a little bit of color to their sketch that they've done. One of the options is the Pocket Field Sketchbox by Koi. It weighs four ounces, it comes with 12 colors, and it comes with a water brush. So that's a fairly lightweight option. The second option, which I'm really, really excited about, is Peerless Watercolors. And this is what we're going to talk about in our Summit Gear Review today. These are ultra light watercolors, ultra portable, and they will, they will inspire you to create art on the trail. And the number five tool for artists on the trail is simply a bag to hold everything in. And this can be as simple as a quart Ziploc bag, but you can also have a more dedicated art bag that you take out on day hikes. As we mentioned in the photography episode, MindShift makes some really great bags that can accommodate various hobbies on the trail. If you're already an artist and you have quite a bit of gear and you have kind of your way of doing things, MindShift has some packs that can easily be accommodated to hold your art supplies. And there are lots of nooks and crannies. You know how photographers have a spot for everything, all their lenses and stuff. MindShift packs can easily be repurposed for artists' gear. MindShift has a new pack out called the Trailscape 18 liter, and there are lots of features in it that make it a really great pack for day hiking with all of your artist gear and your jacket and your lunch and, you know, all those day hikey type things. So we'll put the link in the show notes to that specific pack. And the other MindShift pack that we reviewed was on episode 77, so you can check that out if you're interested in MindShift. But for today, we are recommending a Ziploc baggie. That's how we're going to get our our sub two ounce art kit. On this episode, we're really focusing on sketching and, you know, adding in a little splash of color with watercolors. But if you're a diehard oil painter and you really want to sketch and then paint what you see on your backpacking trip, there's something called the Peshad box, which is a special box for oil painters. It has all those drying racks that you need, has a little easel, some storage, pallets, and then it folds up neatly into this little box. And so it protects your paintings. And we'll put a link to a YouTube video that kind of shows a more portable, smaller Peshad box that's a little bit more relevant to backpackers. But if you really wanna go lightweight, watercolors really are the way to go. Okay, so let's put this all together. Let's say I have gone on one backpacking trip. So I figured out the basics on my first trip. You know, I I spent the night. I had a sleeping bag. I had a tent or a hammock. I cooked some food. I had the right clothing. And I'm about to go on my second trip. And I'm listening to this podcast that says, hey, you should try art on the trail. And I'm so inspired by it that even though this is only my second ever backpacking trip, I'm saying, okay, yeah, I'm going to give it a try. And they gave me this supply list. So piecing this together in my mind, I'm getting ready for my second ever backpacking trip. I've got my Ziploc baggie. I've ripped out a few pages of mixed media paper, maybe cut them down to size, whatever, stuff them in the Ziploc bag. If I don't have mixed media paper, then maybe I just grabbed some just printer paper, printer paper or yep. whatever I could find. I've thrown in a pen or a pencil that I found laying around the house. And then this water brush sounds really cool. So I went out to the art store and I bought the water brush. And while I was there, I got some watercolors, either the Koi box or the really super cool Peerless watercolors. And so I've got that all in my baggie and I stick it in my pack and I hit the trail. And I'm new to backpacking, 
So it takes me 10 times as long to do everything, whether it's cooking dinner, going to the bathroom, <laughs> taking down my tent, whatever. But I've got this kit and I really want to try it. So I don't know, what advice could you give to someone who's just going out on their second trip, they've got the equipment together and they want to try it. And, and then like, how do I fit it in? Well, on our last trip, when we went to Mount Jefferson, I sat down for a little while and took a little rest because I was waiting for a couple people to kind of come up and join us. And also I was kind of tired because <laughs> I'd been carrying another pack. So I sat down and I thought, hey, I should get out my sketch stuff and draw this little stump with a little tree coming out of it. And then I thought, no. I don't really have that much time. They're going to be coming up really soon and we'll be taking off. Yeah, and besides, this thing that's in front of me is just a stump. And this tree is just like maybe two feet tall. It's like not even worth drawing. And I caught myself. After I kind of gave those excuses to myself, I knew that I had to get my sketch stuff out and draw. Because the more excuses you make, the more pitiful you start sounding. And it's almost like the more excuses you make, the more important what you're probably going to do is. I don't know if there's some kind of like law or, you know, the law of excuses where like the more excuses you make is in direct. Inverse proportion. Yeah. No, or, or direct proportion to the importance of the task or yeah. something. Yeah. Maybe. It really is enjoyable. But, you know, there's all those those inner critics that are just popping out and saying, oh, no, this isn't worth doing or you're not good enough or you couldn't draw that. That's too hard. All these excuses or inner critics kind of come out at the most annoying moments. So as I was experiencing these these inner critics and just listing off all these excuses, somehow I found the courage to pull out my sketch stuff. And I started drawing this little stump. And the more I drew, the happier I was that I got out my sketch stuff, that I took the time to notice this lonely little stump on the side of the trail and to trace the lines of the tree that was kind of coming out next to it. It slowed down time. And in a weird way, it kind of gave me this personal relationship with this stump, a stump that I would have passed by without even noticing had I not sat down to sketch its details. And sure enough, a couple of minutes later, our friends came along and we were ready to hit the trail again. But if I remember right, you got at least enough of a kind of the start of a sketch to where you had something. Yeah. And hey, it was a shoulder season trip where the sun sets early and rises late and it rains a lot. And it was dark pretty early in camp. So I remember that you pulled your sketchbook back out when you were in the tent. And you know, that time where you're like, boy, what do we do now? We just got time to kill. It's dark, nothing to do. And you worked on that sketch a little more because you had at least started it when you were sitting in front of the stump and had captured some key details. And then you were able to kind of finish it off and put in some, some watercolors and just use your imagination to finish this picture. And as we came back past that stump the next day, I smiled just passing by it because I was like, hey, there's my stump. <laughs> there's my little tree next to the stump. 
So even if you're a new backpacker and you're a new artist or have never sketched or painted before, there are some really great benefits to doing art on the trail. For today's Summit Gear Review, we will be reviewing Peerless Watercolors. I was going to say these aren't your grandma's watercolors, but you but know what? They, are. they could have been. <laughs> You're right. Great grandma's watercolors, yeah, probably. Yeah, really? <laughs> well, we heard about Peerless Watercolors from another podcast. It's an art podcast. It's called the Art Supply Posse Podcast. And it was kind of funny how we stumbled across this. On episode three of the first 40 Miles podcast, we had a backpack hack of the week for a DIY ultralight watercolor kit. And your idea, Heather, was take the blister pack uh, gum that you can buy at the dollar store or whatever, take out the gum from the blister pack, and then you're able to fill each of those little reservoirs with watercolor paint from a tube. And then you let that dry, and now you've got this cool ultralight watercolor palette. And one of the co-hosts of the Art Supply Posse podcast happened to be a listener of the First 40 Miles podcast. And <laughs> they were reviewing some, uh, I think, some maybe some mail from their listeners. And we're talking about these different ways of making your own watercolor kit. And that was one of the ways uh, they mentioned was, was the one they heard about on episode three of the First 40 Miles podcast. And then they shared another kind of watercolor that just blew us away in terms of being ultra, ultra light. Yeah, these are the Peerless Watercolors, and they are watercolors that are published in book form. Most watercolors that you buy are in wells inside of like a little plastic tray. You've all seen the Crayola ones, um, but these are different. This is paint that has dried on top of a very thick paper, and it's extremely concentrated. And these were created over 100 years ago, back in 1902 by Charles Nicholson. And the original purpose for these paints was to do photo tinting. And so all of the colors in the Peerless watercolor collection are completely transparent, which means that they are 100% blendable, which is awesome for watercoloring because you can do really great layering of colors. So as far as structure goes, the complete edition of the Peerless Watercolors, which they call it an edition because it's a book. The complete edition is 15 colors. So you have brilliant yellow, deep yellow, orange yellow. There's a flesh tint, geranium pink, japonica scarlet, royal crimson, mahogany brown, sepia brown, which I love that one, light green, dark green, sky blue, deep blue, wistaria violet, and pearl gray. And one of the first things that you'll notice when you pick up the Peerless watercolors is that each of the, the sheets of color aren't exactly perfectly cut. And I talked to Chris, who owns Peerless watercolors. She's actually the first owner of Peerless watercolors that's not family. You know, it was a family-owned business forever and ever and ever. And then as family kind of, you know how it happens in families after 100 years go by, maybe the, the great-great-grandson doesn't really want to do it anymore. And so Chris took over Peerless Watercolors. She cuts everything by hand. In fact, she does everything at Peerless the way that it was done over a hundred years ago. There were no changes to the original text that was included in this booklet that holds all of the watercolors. 
Another thing that you'll notice as you flip through this booklet is that the designs on the film leaflets are wild. I mean, you can sometimes see the brush strokes that are on there, but also the way that the paint dried onto the leaflets is, I guess you would call it a fractal. You can see these crystals and um, it doesn't affect the way that the paint is picked up or the way that it looks on the paper, but um, the way that it appears on the leaflet is just, I don't know, I think it's wild and inspiring. And to give you a sense of how concentrated and saturated these colors are, if you look at the brilliant yellow page, the coating on that page looks medium orange. But when you when you touch your brush to that medium orange page and then you start painting in your sketchbook, you get yellow, brilliant yellow. Many of the colors, when you look at them in the booklet, they look pretty close to black because that's how concentrated they are. Yeah, and then if you look on the other side of the film leaflet, you can see the actual color. That'll give you a little bit better idea of, of what color you'll get out of that paint. As far as utility goes, these paints are so simple to use. They're self-blending colors because they're completely transparent. So you can either blend them when they're wet or blend them when one of them is dry and you want to paint another color over it. So no matter what you do, these colors will blend perfectly. I want to talk a little bit about the 15 original colors because those ones are the ones that they're the basics. Those are the ones that you'll probably end up using a lot. However, even though it's called the complete edition, this isn't all of the colors that Peerless has. They have a huge range of colors, but these are just kind of the basic starter colors. For Mass, the Peerless Watercolors Complete Edition book, the one that comes with 15 colors, weighs around three ounces. But because the colors are simply a layer on top of a film or paper, that means you don't have to take the whole booklet with you you can cut out little swatches and just bring the right amount of the right colors that you want for your trip. And if you do that, then we're talking, instead of three ounces, we're talking three grams to bring your personal custom watercolor kit. And to give you a size of this entire booklet, it's about the size of a symphony bar. Ooh, okay. And I was thinking Classy, those, huh? you know those, uh, like the classic airline passes, boarding passes? Oh, yeah. That you hardly ever see anymore. Right. Kind of on cardstock. <laughs> yeah, about that size. But as thick as a symphony bar, you're right. <laughs> exactly. With toffee pieces or yes. something. Almonds. Let's do almonds. Okay. For maintenance, just keep these color films dry and protected when they're not in use, just like you would with any watercolor, and store them in a Ziploc bag so they stay protected from the rain while you're hiking. For investment, it's about $15 for the basic set of 15 colors. And for trial, oh boy, for trial, we had so much fun. I love the Peerless watercolors because they're intensely rich, but they are perfectly transparent and a little goes a long way. As you're using them, you'll be able to tell when the color is kind of running out because you'll be able to see that kind of film underneath and um, the paper well, kind of, uh, well, you know how paper is when it gets wet. The fibers start to kind of lift up. So you'll know when the paint has been used up. Along with the 15 original colors from the complete edition, there is a new addition to the Peerless family. And it's the Roy G. Biv Naturals. Who's Roy G. Biv? That's what I said. <laughs> when you, well, I think 
didn't you ask Chris about, you know, you were, you were like, well, what about for outdoor painting where, you know, it's these more kind of naturally muted colors. Mm-hmm. And that's when she told you, oh, yeah, we're coming out. Yeah, these are brand new. Roy G. Biv Naturals. Yeah. And you were so excited that you told me about that. <laughs> and my first thought was, wow, I wonder who Roy G. Biv is. It must have been this guy who came up with some color scheme or something. <laughs> are you going to tell them? Who? What? No. If you don't know who Roy G. Biv is, you got to go back to second grade, my friend. Roy G. Biv. Yikes. <laughs> I, I guess Harsh. I needed to be back in second grade. Boom. No, no, no. I'll tell you. Roy G. Biv, for our gentle listeners who don't know, is the acronym, I guess, for red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. So it's the color spectrum. It, that's I, it. I yeah. never knew that. It's the rainbow. <laughs> You were just so excited about these Roy Jubiv naturals. Yeah, because when I was talking with Chris, I was just telling her like how great these paints will be for backpacking and how my audience is going to be so excited. And I just kind of asked, you know, do you have anything else kind of bubbling up? Anything that, you know, would be like good for backpackers? And she said, oh, we have the Roy Jubiv naturals. And the colors in that collection are blood red, chrome orange, Yellow ochre, which is a really great one. Olive green. Alice blue, which is actually pretty intense. And so is the peacock blue. So um, those you might want to kind of layer with other colors. And then mixed berry. And I can think of lots of uses for mixed berry in Oregon in August. So if you're looking for just a really ultralight, compact, portable, vibrant, blendable way to add color to your sketches while you're backpacking. Peerless watercolors are just a really cool option and they make me want to paint more. They're that fun. So today's Backpack Hack of the Week uses the Peerless watercolors and we're going to put together an ultralight watercolor palette. Now because each of these watercolors is basically on a sheet of really sturdy paper, What you can do is cut each of these colors into whatever size you want. We're going to put our colors on a three by five card and cut out swatches that are about just under one inch each. Because there are 15 colors in the complete edition, you will have five rows of three colors each. And as you glue each of these colors onto your little three by five card, it kind of ends up looking like an Eric Carl book. Like he would paint paper and then cut it out to make different shapes. He's a kid's author. The Hungry Caterpillar. It rings a bell. Is he famous like Roy G. Biv? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Oh yeah, they're friends. Best friends. Oh. BFFs. So this little 3x5 card now is your palette for your backpacking trip. It only weighs 3 grams. And if you wanted to add the Roy G. Biv Naturals color collection, then you've got all the colors that you need for your artistic adventures for just under six grams. And this super light, super thin palette just stores perfectly inside of your Ziploc bag. Well, this whole podcast is all about trying something new, namely backpacking. And if you're willing to try backpacking as something new, then give art a try. Art with a lowercase a, like Danny Gregory says. Just get out there and and sketch. It doesn't have to be super perfect. It can just be your attempt to sketch what you see while you're on the trail. And boy, with with the tools that we've shared today, it can be so ultralight 
that it's going to be really easy to just bring it with you. And then you just have to find those moments where you're sitting next to a creek and saying, oh, I've only got five minutes. And you say, no, wait, I've got five minutes. I can pull this out and sketch. If we haven't done enough to motivate you yet to do art on the trail, then I think our last best chance is with today's trail wisdom. And our trail wisdom today is from our good friend on the trail, Vincent Van Gogh. He said, If you hear a voice within you say you cannot paint, then by all means, paint, and that voice will be silenced. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. If you've been backpacking, share your story at thefirst40miles.com slash story. We'll see you next time on The First 40 Miles. put together a two ounce packing list what (laughs) i I guess i didn't finish not finish typing the intro to this episode just sit tight joshua we're gonna figure this out together